Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo, brought to you by Thin Man Brewery. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, All-Star Weekend has come and gone with the Atlantic Division and Rasmus Dahlin coming out on top. Dahlin, not Tage Thompson, which we will get to in a little bit, ended up representing the Atlantic Division All-Stars, who again won the weekend tournament, led by Matthew Kachuk representing the Florida Panthers, where All-Star Weekend was being held. Taylor, your thoughts on the weekend as a whole, from the skills competition, which certainly had its critics to the game itself, which also certainly had its critics. And one thing it didn't have was a full arena full of fans, but your thoughts on the weekend as a whole. Yeah. The all-star game is always interesting because really it's, it's not for a TV audience, which is makes it a interesting TV product. Uh, it's, it's, and it's not even, I would say like the winter classic, which is primarily for the people at home or at the game, I should say. It's not even just primarily, it's just it's straight up for them, the skills competition and all that, the entire weekend. They have it at uh, these arenas, never Buffalo, <laughs> they have it at these arenas and they, they have the whole weekend. They have the corporate sponsors, not just for that arena, but for the entire NHL. They have kids come out. They have the skills competition is supposed to, I guess, in some way entertain kids. And then the actual game itself, I guess is way more for people in person as well. Although in my opinion, uh, the game has gotten much better more in that uh, later. However, I'll say this, uh, Matthew Kachuk, uh scoring four goals, five goals, whatever it was, the Atlantic winning made for the easiest call of all time. When it comes to all-star game MVP, they love to show the hometown fans some love and, and have their sorry, hometown. Uh, if you're from sunrise, Florida, or uh, home region, if you're from the greater Miami area, as in you're within an hour of Miami, like Sunrise is, you're probably super excited that Matthew Kachuk won MVP. Uh, the guy who got traded to your team and your team immediately uh, became probably 30 points worse in the standings. But anyway, if I'm being more positive, like it, it did work out well in that way for the NHL because I think that there's always an inclination to have a, a guy who's playing in their home rink kind of shine. And the fact that the Atlantic won easily in both games and that Kachuk was the second leading scorer, I believe, and played with his brother as well for the first time ever, apparently. I don't know if you saw in the broadcast. Uh, Mrs. Kachuk, whose name I don't, I don't remember her first name, uh, said that Brady and Matthew had never played together before at any level. So the first time playing together was an all-star game just because of the big trade that happened last summer. So that was interesting. That was cool. And uh, yeah. Keith Kachuk was there. He looks different. Sure does. <laughs> sure <laughs> <Moving> does. <on. laughs> Another nice moment. I thought it was really cute with Ovechkin's kid skating around. Yeah. And, yeah. That was nice. And that was nice. Very nice having him out there. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's interesting when you compare the NHL all-star weekend with something like the NBA because for a lot of reasons, they're very, very different. Namely, just that NBA All-Star Weekend. I think it's a lot more watchable. The entertainment value is a little bit higher. Also, the celebrities who all come out to NBA games, I think, is uh, there's a bit of a contrast compared to the NHL, who just like 
beats to death the fact that John Hamm loves the St. Louis Blues. Like maybe we got to start, you know, our outreach a little bit here, getting some other folks involved who even some who are hockey fans, like immediately somebody who came to mind is like, why wouldn't you have like Will Ferrell? Like he's always repping the LA Kings, but get some people, some, some A-list celebrities who aren't maybe your traditional NHL fans or ones who, I mean, I feel like at Madison Square Garden at Rangers games, there's constantly celebrities who are there that are maybe a little bit more out of the box. Like, why not reach out to those people and see, you know, I I just would have a hard time thinking that the NHL wouldn't be able to nab some of these people for your all-star weekend festivities. I mean, come on. It, it, it just seems like they don't do a good enough job of that. And I think that there's other things to take into consideration there as well. The NBA does a much better job of marketing its players than the NHL does. Uh, the players in the NBA have way better personalities and are much more entertaining than NHL players are. So that's why it's a little bit different there. NBA culture, I think, is a little bit more ingrained in pop culture than NHL is. Just in terms of like the level of fame of like the stars of the sport, obviously, that's not breaking any news or anything like that. But it's just I, I feel like the NHL, as is the case with with most things, can look to other leagues, namely really the NBA for how to, I guess, get more out of all-star weekend and get more fans engaged with it because it just feels like it's an afterthought at this point. And there's really, I mean, even skills competition stuff, it just, a lot of it felt like going through the motions. Like there's some things that were pretty entertaining. I know like, you know, like the hardest shot competition is a mainstay, the target competition, that's always a mainstay and everything. And I know that they were trying to do some new stuff with, the pre-recorded stuff that they did with guys on like the golf course and everything. But it just felt like a lot of that stuff doesn't really hit as well as it could not even necessarily because of the competition itself, but to the point about the personalities there, like everybody just feels so reserved and uptight and nobody's really funny, I guess, or entertaining in that way. So it just feels like a lot of that stuff is just so flat i guess do you agree yeah i've never watched skills competition like basically ever like that is a real that's for the in-person uh crowd but even so it's it's uh the skills competition they do interesting things i think but i don't know i I don't know if you could ever make that tv worthy the fastest skater good the hardest shot great Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Those are almost going to be the same effort here. You know, how many times did Shea Weber win hardest shot? A lot. Chara, A lot of times. Too, same thing. Yeah, like it. It. It's not that many guys that get to do it. But yeah, and then, but at the same time, there's not a real incentive to be like, oh, I got to win this because why well, do you have to win? Right. Like, I mean, if it was a real financial reward, sure. Or if there was some other. Uh, I don't know. I, there's some other incentive to win. I I, I don't really get why you just you're doing it for pride. And I gotta say, like that, a lot of people don't seem to care that much because they know no one remembers who wins unless they win it a bunch of times in a row, like we just mentioned with Hardy right. Shot. Like, who's the fastest skater? I think of Dylan Larkin as the fastest skater. It could be McDavid, whatever. But like, it's just a couple of guys. So, uh, who, I who I'm not gonna remember who the fastest skater was in 2023 versus 2021. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's my thoughts on that. No, that's very fair. Well, and another area, I guess that's of, of some scrutiny as well, as we were talking about a little bit before is the actual all-star game itself. Of course, now they've switched the format where it's for one, three on three. And then on top of that, you also are doing it in the division based tournament. And so Taylor and I got to talking and we're trying to think of ways that we can spice it up a little bit, make some changes to the all-star game, whether or not you want to call them better. Maybe we can even just say trying to make it a little bit more entertaining or a little bit more watchable. And so we each put together a plan for how we would change things and what exactly we would change. So Taylor, do you want to dive into yours first? Yeah. And I have a complaint about the current all-star game that leads into my thought. So this Darlene had a penalty shot. It's just interesting. You don't see a lot of penalty shots in the all-star game misses. They start showing the replay for it. And while they're showing the replay, the puck drops and Darlene scores and they didn't show it. And they didn't immediately show that on replay. They might've shown it later for all I know, but I was like, damn guys, come on. Like how much are you trying to screw Rasmus Darlene this year? Because folks, you might not have heard this. You might've heard it. If Tage Thompson didn't get hurt on Wednesday night, Darlene would not have been in the all-star game. 
That's mm-hmm. shocking to me. A crime. For sure, because there's still a decent chance, a non-zero chance, a real, um, I guess you would say, a a chance you could bet on and not feel stupid, that Rasmus Dahlin wins the Norris Trophy this year. And he was not an original All-Star Game pick. And here's the reason why. Here's the thing. The NHL All-Star Game format is 32 teams. 32 players. And then 12 other players. That is an insane and stupid way to do this. Now, granted, the MLB All-Star Game has one player per team has to go. Sure. That's always been bad to me. I think that's been stupid. But the the only All-Star Game always ends up having like 65 guys there. And then like 12 guys on injury. And it's like, okay, so have to leave an All-Star. Like, it's... It doesn't end up being kind of too too cut off, and the NBA uh, famously does not do that because they do twelve guys per team, so they've done twenty four guys and injury replacements, um, which leads to teams for years not having an All Star. Very funny. Sacramento didn't have one for years. I loved it. That's I mean, it's a hilarious thing to happen. Uh, I think the NBA should expand to fifteen the way roster said, but whatever. It's beside the point from here. Pro Bowl. I don't know how that works. I don't believe in it. It's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't. I don't care about that. The NHL has to drop the one team rule, and I'm. I'm telling you guys, no one, no one was in Chicago. One of the biggest, one of the, maybe perhaps the biggest NHL American fan base. Maybe right behind the Rangers. No one was there. Like, oh, I got to watch the All Star game. Seth Jones is there. No one did that. <laughs> Sorry, guys, it didn't happen. True. Like. I think you do strategically. You're like, oh, someone from Seattle has to be in this all-star game. If you guys did that, I'd 100% understand completely. Mm-hmm. In fact, they somehow did the opposite of that because listen to this. They have the original 32, one guy from every team, and then the other 12. And then when someone drops out because of injury, they're replaced in within their division, not necessarily within their team. So Bernier's got hurt, Seattle's guy. Well, I think it's almost basically he's close enough to an all-star already, especially in the Pacific division. He gets hurt. They replace him with Chandler Stevenson. So not even is it a guy in another team. It's Chandler Stevenson. (laughs) Insane. I think at this point, everyone has to realize how insane of a process this is because it leads to things like Kevin Hayes is an all-star. Clayton Keller is an all-star. Troy Terry is an all-star. Rasmus Dahlin, not an all-star. I think that's ridiculous, and it's not just a position thing. And I would like to say before we can, you know, go any further on my proposal is that I'll say right up front, good players will miss out on my proposal. That's the thing with the all-star game. Mm-hmm. It's an, it should be an exclusive thing. And if you really, and, and, and you're, you're going to say that during this point, might that might not favor the best players the best. Uh, they might look bad on their career totals. I agree, but the NHL has one thing that other sports don't. The NBA kind of has in the NBA teams, but the NHL has postseason all-stars. Mm-hmm. Which has nothing to do with the playoffs. It's after the season they do an all-star team. I think that's great. Two all-star teams: the first team and a second team. Yeah. Uh, beside the fact that um, if they accidentally vote for the guy in the wrong position, that they put him on both teams, Ovechkin. Um, they. Besides that, it's a really good idea. Besides, you know, the fact that the NHL is involved. <laughs> so, here's my my real thought with this: to make the game full of great players, great stars. Uh, all that and, and intriguing storylines is every year. This is my new format here. The four divisions are going to name the NHL is probably going to give them a captain. I think the NHL will be in charge of this. So Batman or whoever works for Batman and whoever will all work this out, but a legend from one of the divisions. So it doesn't have to be from when the division was formed, obviously. So at this point you could have, let's say Sergei Fedorov. Is he busy? I don't know. Who knows? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. What he's up to Sergey Fedorov, the captain of the Atlantic team, because he played for Detroit. And then you go to the Metro team, and you have like Arc Messier. I know he's on TV, but whatever. This is just an example. You have a, a legend that plays for one of those, and you have the same. Use the same format that you used the league format to create, like how they choose one player from each team. Um, you use that, but instead of doing that, you do six forwards, three defensemen, two goalies from each division. And I know two goalies is probably too many considering the six forwards for a whole division. That's kind of strict. You're going to take two goalies. Here's the thing. You need two goalies. What if one of the goalies gets hurt? Yeah. (laughs) What if one of the goalies can't do something, whatever, like 
yeah, it's he might as well. I mean, it'll it'll happen. Some goalies will get recognized more than they should, whatever. And then at the point where guys start to drop out with injury, the league does not replace them. The captain or coach, however you want to put it, he'll they'll coach the team too. So captain slash coach, the legend player, uh, he will select a new player. And granted, I know I some like guys that. don't want to come to all-star games, whatever. Some guys will have off because they've started to use the all-star game before and after as a, the bi-week buffer type thing, mm-hmm. which the Sabres are coming up on now. However, they can always just have a list. The NHL can reach out to it. Like, here, here's my priority list. Who can actually come? Because I know, I know, and we all know Chandler Stevenson was not the Pacific Division or the NHL's first thought for who should replace Berniers. <laughs> like, <laughs> he said yes, other guys didn't. Right. Um, of course. But yeah, you so you would have that and then they would coach and they would, you know, I think I would do cool jerseys. I agree. That Good no call. no more details. I would just hire someone. I'd say do cool jerseys. I demand it. <laughs> and you obviously you'd still have the logo for whatever team they actually play for on the shoulder, maybe the right shoulder, something like that. And that would be mostly it. I would still do three on three. I actually think three on three is good. This is kind of what I was getting at before. When the NHL All-Star game is five on five, it was a total joke. I'll never forget watching my senior year in college, part of the game, and it just was like, "This isn't why. Why would I watch this? Like, what the what the hell is this?" Mm-hmm. It's almost the way the NBA All Star Game also became. Now the NBA All Star Game had their own cool format. The NHL could think of that first team to a certain amount of goals. I think that's actually better for basketball than it is hockey. No, I agree with that. Um, but with hockey, I think three on three is great because you don't have to be physical to to play a good. Hard three-on-three game, which guys aren't going to go too hard. They never are because it's – let's be honest. It's 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 an all-star game. Like These guys are trying to win a cup. They're, they are frankly too rich to be Pete Rose and Ray Fossey at the 1970 MLB all-star game. They have too much money to separate anyone's shoulder nice. or try to hurt themselves. Like It's, it's never going to happen. So the way to do it is to make sure physicality is totally removed from it and do three-on-three the whole time. Um, I think we talked about this on Wednesday and the idea of four on four was brought up, which is not a bad idea in terms of that, like interesting offense first play. But I just don't think in an all-star game that's going to work. I think three on three is the perfect way to kind of almost hide how much these guys are trying not to get hurt and trying not to play hard in the way that you could theoretically get hurt. No, I agree with that. And I think I will concede that in watching the game, the games, I should say, that I – appreciated three on three more in that format. I think maybe just like seeing it and getting a refresher of it was helpful with that. However, though, for mine, I do have four on going to four on four, because I think you can still maintain the same kind of vibe of the game where it's not as intense as five on five. You're still able to emphasize skill a bit, but I think it is going to make it a little bit more competitive being four on four. In addition, I agree with you that I don't think that every team necessarily needs to have be represented, but if you decided to keep it with the divisional format, going to four on four also then adds a couple of extra spots there. And again, not necessarily every team needing to be represented, but there are some guys that absolutely should be there who are deserving of being there who don't like even this time around, like obviously Darlene was an easy case there, but like, do you want to tell me also that Kevin Hayes deserves to be there more than like Alex Tuck does? I don't personally think so. I mean, hell, if Jeff Skinner was on a bad team and was having the exact same kind of year, he would have absolutely been there too. So Dylan Cousins, another one as well. But I don't know. I think making it four on four will add. How many Sabres are better than Seth Jones? Uh, Nine. I'm not even joking. The Sabres aren't even good. They're a borderline playoff team. But like, if you're just doing a team with Seth Jones, you'd say you take Tage, Darlene, Skinner, Tuck, Cousins. Right. So, so, but anyway, funny thing. Uh, You're also getting rid of obviously every team. So every team having to have a guy. Yeah. Yes. Insane concept NHL. Stop doing it. So here's where mine gets, I think a little bit fun and gets a little bit different and maybe raises the stakes a little bit and gives you something that's different than just like a typical run of the mill kind of all-star game. I don't necessarily care how much you can maybe shave off if you keep it like, so for yours, are you keeping it for two 10 minute halves? Yeah. So I would keep basically the same format. So for mine, I would maybe shave like two minutes off of each one. So do two eight minute halves, but with the rationale being that 
And again, this further adds to the competitiveness that if you are tied at the end of the second half, rather than it going to a shootout, with it goes into an overtime session where it starts off at four on four, but each successive minute that a goal is not scored, one player from each team needs to come off of the ice so that at the end of three minutes, if it's still tied in overtime after three minutes, you're literally playing like it's one-on-one. And how cool would that be? I mean, it would be pretty crazy, obviously, going end-to-end and everything, but, like, imagine some of the matchups that you could potentially have in, like, a one-on-one setting like that. I mean, it would be pretty wild, I think. But I do have one other thing, that if we wanted to do something in a completely different realm that I think also would still make the game more interesting, it would make each year a little bit different and maybe make people a little bit more inclined to tune in, is you go back to East versus West and you do four on four, but you do a normal game, three 20 minute periods. But the catch is, is that you alternate every year where one year you do East versus West. And then the next year you do North America versus world. And then you go back to East versus West North American world, of course, being the former all-star game format. And I think that could be something too, where each year it's, you have a completely different vibe. So one year, you know, going into it, it's going to be East versus West. The next year, you know, then, all right, we're teaming up then by the continents. So I think it could be kind of like that. That's also something that they should consider doing because the NHL also is sorely lacking in the department of having international tournaments, given the talent that comes in from around the world. So this is a perfect opportunity. Yeah. You haven't been doing the Olympics that much. The world cup of hockey is something that's been discussed, but it hasn't happened in a while. What's a way that you can get guys on the ice where they're representing their regions in a best on best kind of format all-star game. I think that could be a lot of fun potentially in a way that again, would get viewership back up as well because it'd make people look forward to it a little bit more. Hey, I like the idea of the overtime, it decline decreasing until it's it's one on one. That's a really interesting thing. It's not something you see in hockey, and something they should probably try unless it's a an all star game. So, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting idea for sure. I think one of the big things they really have to do though is they. I think the number one thing we both agree on is you have to get rid of the player per team rule. There was yeah. no point when the Sabers were terrible that I was like, oh, I got to watch the All Star game because. X player here is uh, for our terrible team. I, it's insane. They didn't always do this. And it, there's no way it works TV wise. There's no way that they're actually right about this. It's a ridiculous concept. It's, it's insane. Like no one mm-hmm. in Anaheim's watching because Troy Terry's playing. You fucking kidding me. No one's doing that. Yeah. It's, it's just not worth it. So uh, I would be way more excited to watch if, it, if I theoretically could think like at some point, Oh, maybe Tage Dallin and uh, one other guy I make it next year, whether that's cousins, tuck Skinner, whoever, but I, I literally, I legitimately can't think that because it's a mathematical near impossibility. There's right. 44 guys in the All Star game, and you have a pool of 12 across the entire league to pick your other ones. So I couldn't even be mad that Dalene wasn't there this year, based on the format. But the format's stupid, so I can be mad. <laughs> um, I mean, I, that's that's basically my thoughts on uh, on the format. Now, before we get to anything else, do you want to hear a word from our sponsors? I would love nothing more. All right, folks. Are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? I don't know what that is. Is it like it's coming up in it's coming up in April? The Kentucky no, Derby, folks. Uh, Brandon, the Kentucky Derby is on a Saturday. You know this. The first Saturday in May. I know. We always just... we always hang out for the Kentucky Derby. Don't we? We love the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, folks. Big horses, big hats. <laughs> that that weird guy that looks like Robert Kraft. That's like, oh, actually, my horse is canceled by cancel culture. That's why he did steroids. <laughs> Remember that? Remember that happened last year, everyone? (laughs) A horse that's a positive for horse steroids, and their owner was like, You're trying to cancel my horse. Oh my god. It really happened. I'm not even making that up. I wish I was joking. Anyway. So are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? Because uh DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner, Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just five dollars. And get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Bonus Plus, bets. Yeah, bonus bets. You know what those are? Tell me. Well, you'll see. <laughs> Plus, all customers can get in on Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boosts. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern. So, also, maybe if you don't live in the Eastern time zone, uh, you don't listen to this podcast, so don't worry about it. To see what prop bet 
will be boosted. So check between six and nine. You'll see what prop bed uh, they are boosting. So this is the part where I talk about my pick for the Super Bowl. My pick is the Eagles. Brendan, your pick. Eagles. That's right. And who am I going to keep an eye on? I am going to keep an eye on Miles Sanders, who I think has a chance to be the first running back Super Bowl MVP in decades. Wow. Okay. Based on how they give him. Now, I think the Eagles are going to win, right? I and I yes. don't necessarily think their defense is going to completely shut down Mahomes, so there won't be a defense, defensive player unless, let's say, someone gets two turnovers in their favor. So is Jalen Hurts going to win MVP? Potentially. And, mm-hmm. I mean, if if the quarterback uh, – if a team wins and there's no one obvious to give it to, they give it to the quarterback. I was having this conversation today about 01 Brady, 07 Eli Manning. Two pretty bad games, actually, by quarterbacks. They both won MVP because they didn't know who else to give it to. So if the if the defense does an overall decent job on Mahomes, the mm-hmm. offense does its job, they'll win, right? But, hey, there's no one to stand out in the defense. No one can win MVP. And who's going to win on the offense? But if Jalen well, Hurts is now the great, well, Jalen Hurts will win, but you will not get good odds on Jalen Hurts. But theoretically, what about the receivers, though? You have two really, that, really good receivers. That's that's the problem. You have two of them. Yeah, that's fair. And, and I don't think you're going to have a crazy passing game. Maybe you will. Who knows? I just think this is the best opportunity for a running back to win Super Bowl MVP that we've had. When's the last time a running back won Super Bowl MVP? Was it against the Bills? No, you know what? It's Terrell Davis probably, right? Yes, I think so. In 97. Right. That sounds right. We haven't had a running back win Super Bowl MVP in our lifetime, have we? Not that <laughs> I, I think could so. think of. No. No, it hasn't happened. So I think I think we're we're rolling the clocks back, folks. But we'll see. I, I actually I, I could be wrong. Never. In fact, you? I, us- I usually am. I usually I am. Say, I, I've never but. heard of such a thing. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57. Get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details and responsible gambling resources. And Brendan, can you believe it? This is the 24th Super Bowl I've watched in my life, which means that I have watched more than 40% of Super Bowls. Wow, that's yeah. impressive. Good for you. Yeah. I don't want to uh, do the math right now, so we'll just keep moving on with the ads. I'm old. Anyway, <laughs> our next sponsor, Ray J. Just Ray J. He our says boy. hello, everyone. No, yeah. actually, he's he's advertising with us. He reached out specifically. He is advertising for his earbuds, Raycon. It's a mm. company, actually. It's not just earbuds. It's also speakers. So, you know, everyone's talking about making big changes this time of year. I yeah. think maybe, I don't know. Some people are talking about different stuff going on. Many Everyone's talking do. about different things, right? You're trying to do stuff. You're trying to get things done, but it's all well and good. But, you know, sometimes uh, people don't always do the things they say they're going to do. Mm. Who's to say? Mm. So maybe if you want to bring some kind of change to your lifestyle, you should know that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. So in the same way, You don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be part of a big change if something you use every day. Like my Raycons. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point. So you can build great habits without breaking the bank. So let's say, you know, you're doing your life, you're living your life, you're you're doing the dishes, you're going on a walk, you're going to the gym, you're doing all the things where you normally listen to music or podcasts or whatever else you listen to. Why not listen to all that stuff? With Raycons, because you're either doing one of two things. You have uh, cheap old headphones. You could have a better audio experience. Or you have some uh, some fancy modern technology that uh, some people have been talking about. You know, let's say something that rhymes with uh, Heats by Hay, and uh, you're paying hundreds of dollars to have some kind of audio experience. Or you have something that rhymes with, like, pair chods. You're, you're, you're doing all these things, right? You're paying all this money. And and what what are you doing? You're getting you're getting the same thing you could already get with Raycons for a Pear lot less shots. money, folks. Who who doesn't love their pair shots? Or so many heat, people. I just listened to my Heats by Hay the other day, and I was like, <laughs> "Listen, man, this is way too much money for this. I got to listen to the Joe Rogan experience on a different kind of audio <laughs> format." Can you just keep thinking of different brand names and rhyming them? No. Anyway, 
Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low-latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycon's got you covered. And yep, Raycon start at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each or a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. So, you know, you get one pair because we all know how easy it is to lose these earbuds now that the wires aren't attached to them. You got one that you keep on you and then you keep one in like a drawer near your bed. I don't know why it has to be near your bed, but your bed's very personal to you. Your bedroom's personal. That's your space, your domain, unless you have a partner. It's also theirs. But they're not going to steal your headphones. And if they do, you got to do something back to them. Anyway. What do you recommend? More more advice on that next week, folks. (laughs) For advice on that, uh, tune in to my good friend, Jordan Peterson's podcast. It's called – sorry, the whole thing just got bleeped. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) We're going back. <laughs> it so sure sounds like it. <laughs> here's what you gotta do: hide those second headphones in the place you know. Think of them like spare keys, and then like, oh, look at that! I got these other headphones. And here's the thing, though: you're not you're not breaking the bank by having a second pair of headphones around. It's actually cheaper to have two pairs of Raycons than it is to have your uh, Heats by Hey. Is this all on the ad read? Who is writing this? <laughs> you know who wrote it. Ray J, son of a bitch. Yeah, guy's a great writer. I knew God, it. He's, he's beautiful. He's a really the Walt Whitman it. of his time. You know, I was just talking to somebody the other day about that very comparison. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there. You you know what? You're right. It was at our book club meeting, I think. <laughs> yeah. It was, oh, my God. What is the guy's name? We were I, reading I uh, 1984 name. by George Orwell for the 500th time. We're still trying to figure oh, out what Oh, it was that means. guy, that athlete that we always hang out with. He loves talking about 1984. He's always saying this stuff. I don't know. Kind of got a weird beard. He looks 10 years older than he did two years ago. Hates vaccines. Will not shut up about vaccines. I'm like, buddy, Sharon. Sharon, I think his first name is? Yep. Dodgers. That's right. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Even if you uh, know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, folks, I'm always talking about how much I love my Raycons. Brendan, tell tell you all the Raycon, time. Raycon, yeah, Raycon still wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options. Every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. So, hey, if you buy them and you don't like them, you didn't spend that much money, and you're going to get the money you did spend back anyway. So. Here's some great features you get with your Raycons. Three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation, awareness mode, custom gel tips for the perfect, most com- comfortable in-ear fit. We love it, folks. We love comfortable in-ear fits. Uh, Bristol can clear you were call gonna say the first part of that sentence. Custom gel tips. <laughs> you were going to say we love a custom gel tip. Yeah, I mean, I always get a custom job when I need a gel tip done. <laughs> Gotta be custom. Gotta be what I want. There's gonna be a Taylor gel tip. Oh my god. Get us out of these ad reads. Crystal clear call quality and it's water and sweat resistant for the sweaty fella in your life. And of course, the everyday earbuds last eight hours. You get eight hours of playtime between charges and the everyday speaker is 12 hours. Folks, Raycon. Call Ray J today. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Folks, our third and final sponsor is Thin Man Brewery. Uh, you might know them as the the lovely brewery that has locations on Elmwood and Chandler Streets. Elmwood Avenue and Chandler Streets in Buffalo. Conveniently located. Uh, you might not know that if you well, if you don't know, I'm very upset with you because you did not listen to our Thursday episode, or you skipped over our ads, which is a punishment um, that, or is a, a crime punishable by death. So don't let me know if you did because I'm going to have to deal with it. So, <laughs> folks, the thing you missed, Thin Man is closing for closing. Jesus, <laughs> Thin Man is closing for two weeks, starting February 13th. They're doing some renovations inside. They're going to do a whole bunch of exciting things. Me and Brendan heard some of the exciting things they're going to do, and it, it seems uh, cool to us. So definitely just, uh, don't go there in those times. Or if you're looking for your fix of Thin Man beer, I don't blame you. Here's what you got to do. You just got to go to Chandler Street. Some other things they got going on. This upcoming Friday the 10th before they close, they are uh, doing a release party uh, for Burn It to the Ground, a Nanaimo 
I believe is how it's pronounced, Imperial Sour Ale, which is uh, 8.5%. Folks, it's wow. serious. Don't have more than 10 of them, I wouldn't recommend. <laughs> more than Strawberry, 10. Kako, Nibs, Graham Cracker, Graham Cracker, not Chris Graham, who was on the podcast a couple of years ago. Coconut and Marshmallow, tasty. They're also doing that night Nickelback Karaoke with DJ Tonebone. Oh, I'm busy. 7 p.m. start. <laughs> Best performance wins a limited edition bucket hat. Oh. I actually would like, I don't have many bucket hats. I'd like a bucket hat. I might go there. Who knows? Okay. I've, I've said many times when I've talked about analytics on this podcast, I say, look at this graph. <laughs> Yikes. Thursday, February 9th, Carrot Cake Sour Ale coming out. Collab with a Mario Kart tournament. First place gets a four pack of the beer. The cute and fuzzy bunny gang. Second place gets a replay hat and a thin man hat. Third place, uh, you're fired. No, I'm just kidding. Third place, one thin man beer on the house. Hey, good deals. That's right. And also Wednesday, February 8th, we're going backwards in time. They have singles night coming up with full bullet bourbon, $5 core beers, $7 bullet Manhattans and old fashions. If you're single, go there. I know you, uh, you live a lonely, sad life of desperation. And I love you still. Are you talking All to me? <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Single people, I love you all. And, uh, you know, sometimes you could, you could you just have all different options available to you, which is great. One of those options is going to Thin Man, February 8th. <laughs> what the? Lastly. God, Jesus. Lastly, uh, uh, the last thing we always have to say about Thin Man uh, is their official position that Tage Thompson is American Lemieux. Yes. The most important part of that entire ad, of all of the ads. True. All right. Well, folks, we are back. Taylor, any last thoughts that you'd like to share before we sign off? Well, the Sabres will not be playing uh, before we talk again. I believe they're not playing until Saturday against the Flames. So we don't have too much to talk about with regard to them. Yes. Well, one thing we can say for sure, though, is the latest from – Tage Thompson with his injury, Frank Saravelli on February 2nd had a tweet saying the Sabres are still awaiting complete details on Tage Thompson's upper body injury, but early sense is that it's not an injury that will keep him out long-term. So a bit of a sigh of relief in Buffalo, but disappointing that it's enough to keep him out of all-star weekend. So yeah, if it means him missing the all-star game, that is quite all right. As long as it is not a serious or long-term injury, that is all that matters. I agree. It is a little sad he didn't go to the All-Star game, considering he's not just a Sabre that's having the best goal-scoring season in basically since McGillney. It's not just about that. It's about he's legitimately a guy that people are delighted by across the NHL. It's been forever since the Sabres have had that. His story is incredible. The fact that he took a giant leap last year and then took a second gigantic leap – we love it, folks. It just he deserved yep. to have an all-star game to just kind of do have a cool low stakes day to do cool Tage stuff. So it's unfortunate that he didn't get to do that. But it is it's it beats the alternative, I guess, of he's out for a long time. Right, exactly. Which that is, is a good thing. He seems like he he'll be back at some point. And he got hurt at the right time, to be honest. He got hurt during the middle of a game that they were getting killed in. Right. And uh he'll be back. Is it with an eleven day break, ten day break, whatever? Yeah, so yeah. Could be back in time for the Calgary game, which is great. Calgary is solid, so it's it's a you're going to need them. Well, and another bit of news too, worth chatting about a little bit, is our pal Chad Dominicus from Expected Buffalo had a bit of a bomb over the weekend that he dropped in the best possible way, reporting that Dylan Cousins and the Sabres are progressing on extension talks right now, and that the latest that he is hearing is that the Cousins extension could come in at or just below Tage Thompson's $7.125 million deal that he has right now. So if the Sabres are able to lock up Cousins for $7 million, that is a massive, massive, massive success for Kevin Adams and gives the team an unbelievable amount of flexibility to then tackle the Darlene and power extensions and still be in a really, really great place cap-wise coming out of that to then make a major move addition to this team in the upcoming offseason. Taylor, your thoughts on that report coming from Chad? I mean, Cousins at $7 million seems like it would be a steal, right? 100%. If the deal actually does get done, I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but if it does get done, I think I would start thinking about 
the idea of how the salary cap looks in the future when the Sabres are a good team, which to me almost seems inevitable. It's something you have to think about. Every team deals with the salary cap, and unfortunately, it's uh, not easy to deal with in the NHL. Like you, When you get good, like you have to start thinking about we have to let one guy go or do this weird trade or maneuvering, and it happens quicker than you would think. Right. And it'll happen, you know, for them quick, I'm sure. But one of the biggest advantages they have, besides the fact that the cap is going up, is that Tage is signed under this unbelievable deal. Fantastic deal Tage, Tage has. Or well, fantastic for the Sabres. Not not fantastic yes. for him. Although, hey, he's making $50 million. Like, I think he'll be all right. So it's, uh, it's interesting to me that Cousins would come in just under him because I think all things being equal, Cousins could get a lot of money this offseason, eight or nine million dollars, yeah. I think, even not just even on the open market, just in a different circumstance. But I think it's hard for a team. I think in the NHL, it's easy for a team to be like, this is our best player. This is how much money he's making. You want to make more than him? And hey, real quick, that's the key. That was the key for the Blackhawks. It was the key for the Bruins. It's in different ways was something that were kind of for the Penguins, not exactly. And Crosby got signed forever before the max contract um, length kicked in at uh, 8.7 million per year. And they, I, they probably knew at some point that would be a bargain for them. This is what like Duncan Keith did. This is what Kane and Taze did their first contract time around. It's especially what Bergeron did. And it's what a lot of people like were like in Boston is the guy gets paid a little bit less than he should. And it kind of sets the tone for the team. Everyone gets paid a little bit less than they should. And all of a sudden you get to keep, one extra good player and in addition to all your good players that you already have. And it's like, that's huge. That's absolutely huge. Cause if you pay everyone what they're worth, unfortunately you're probably not going to be good. I mean, Tampa Bay is also a team recently. It's not the exact same situation, but they kind of maneuvered RFA in a very smart way. And probably five, six years ago, it was now they got a bridge deal for Kucherov where they were paying him when he was at RFA, they paid him way less than he was worth. So he, he was super underpaid. I don't know if he made 6 million, 7 million, something like that. And he was, he not only won the MVP, he had the most points until McDavid in like three weeks, but he has the most points of the cap era still at this point yeah. where I'm recording that. I don't know if the Oilers are playing tonight and McDavid has a 38 point night, which is possible, but yeah, he'll pass it this year. But like Kucherov season in 2018, 19 is, incredible and he's making not that much money doing it obviously he gets paid way more now but the point of what i'm saying is that signing cousins for that kind of deal it's if they did that it would be an early sign that they are getting their guys to buy into being in buffalo not just here's a deal that you deserve which is great right. that'd be great to hear it's i don't want to get ahead of myself but i'm absolutely going to get ahead of myself if they sign that contract absolutely that's fair too if and it's I like think... seven by seven oh <laughs> See you later. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, sounds great to me. Then that also leads you to believe or wondering, I should say, about what Darlene's deal is going to look like. And I think that also just makes you breathe a little bit easier that if you're shaving off a couple mil- a million or two dollars on a cousin's deal, that it's going to make what swap. I mean, it's going to be easy to sign to Darlene, whatever as it is. I-, I think at this stage of the game with what he's shown this year that he is the direction that he's trending in what he can be his ability to completely just take over a game and be the guy for this team that if you sign him to a deal under like 10 million dollars it's going to be okay and you're going to get your money's worth yes sir for sure and i think uh hopefully he'll do that i think he'll get paid the most in the team but he'll deserve it so folks by folks, I mean Brendan. Yes. Do you have any recommendations? Do I have any recommendations? Do you you want to go first? Do you have any? I do. Go ahead. What do you got? A 2023 movie. Folks, we're leaving 2022 in the past. Not actually, but because the Oscars didn't happen yet. So I'm going to have more takes eventually on stuff that you don't care about, folks. But I'll tell you what I do have. What do you got? A recommendation for this movie in 2023, Knock at the Cabin. You saw uh, it. I did, which was supposed to be – oh, I, not supposed to be. I, I viewed it as a horror movie. The The trailer looked horror-ish. I suppose the movie's horror-adjacent, um, but it's an M. Night Shyamalan film. Okay. Which M. Night's got a very interesting career, to say the least. And I think although he's gone up and down on the uh, critical roller coaster, he hasn't really reached a high, high since Signs. So for folks that may not know, he – his first – his 
directorial debut was uh, The Sixth Sense, which was incredibly well-received, and it was a great movie. Uh, he made Unbreakable, which is good, and then he made Science, also very, very good. And then he eventually he, – he kind of starts to get a bad reputation when he makes The Village because the, the ending of The Village is – First half of the movie, three quarters of the movie works out. It doesn't work out at the end. It's it's not a good ending. Um, and he makes Later in the Water, which is one of the worst received movies of all time. I think of a director uh, of any kind. And then he kind of he makes The Happening, which is also terribly received. And then he was down in the dumps. He made it, some movies after. And he, actually, after that, he made Avatar: The Last Airbender movie, which was even worse. Like all he he had three huge. I don't I don't remember that at all. But now I'm thinking about it. He had three huge misses in a row. Wow. And he kind of had to build himself back up because people no one respected him. But he never I, – I always thought he really went up and down in that era after that. And one of the recent examples of kind of like tracking a little bit back up was Old, which is an interesting movie. Definitely not a terrible movie, but not a good movie either. And I kind of thought that's what we would get with Knock at the Cabin. He is what he is, and I think he's there. He's – you got to hand him – you got to hand it to him. He's a um, – he is his own artist. He wants to make the movies he wants to make. He doesn't seem to give a shit at all about box office or his own financial well-being. Famously, respect. He financed the movie Glass. He moved away from the studio that he had made Split with to make the movie Glass by himself to theoretically start his own superhero universe because he was so confident in it and it flopped. Right. And instead of like giving up, he immediately made a movie two years later. <laughs> That's crazy. It's, it's a lot of good confidence, but it's also, you know, I really respect the guy. Uh, even though his, he has a lot of weird quirks, the dialogue could be uncanny, things like that. And there are some of those things in Knock at the Cabin. But I'll, there are also some great things as well. Character-wise, incredible, I thought, that the two leads that are not Batista, Dave Batista. Uh, fantastic relationship between them. That really worked for me. The plot, actually, really interesting. The whole concept, the it's almost someone I saw compared to a Twilight Zone episode. Good concept for a movie. Really good concept. And they, the way they executed it worked because it left you with some doubt the entire time until a certain point where you're like, it is going this way or it is going the other way. Right. Um, which is good. And then Batista. Holy shit. Great performance by him. The best he's ever been in a movie. And I really respect that guy. I got to say, he's someone that he's obviously started as a wrestler. He's a WWE guy. And they've turned some people in Hollywood guys, but I don't think they've ever turned someone. Not they. I sh- I'm not going to take credit away from them right now and give it to him. I don't think they've had someone like him who is like i really care about being a good actor i want to be in all kinds of different movies and i want to give all kinds of different performances and i want to draw something serious out of myself and this movie is something that you haven't seen out of him before i don't think and it's uh that's really good as well um it's i'm gonna tell you right up front there's some weird decisions not plot wise really but weird decisions in general the dialogue and shots especially shots whole movie is shot in close-ups i don't know why (laughs) but uh yeah, I was really worth it, and it was surprising to me. I thought it would just be like a, a let's say, like a three out of five, if you're feeling generous, like old kind of movie. Old mm-hmm. was, you know, the, the beach that makes you old. Everyone was really excited about that in July of 2021. Everyone thought it was a very funny concept. It was funny. It was a good concept. But this is something better than that, in my opinion. And you know what? It's worth seeing in theaters. It's 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 genuinely a pretty good movie. And cool. Rupert Grint is in it. No way. Yeah. We love a Rupert Grin sighting. That's great. Yeah, I, you know, folks, here's here's my uh, my mission for you, all of you out there. You go see the movie and you tell me where Rupert Grint is supposed to be from, based on his accent. Oh God! And then send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> that I'd love to enough. know. I'd love to know. Okay. His character it, is in Boston at one point, but he's Rupert Grint, so he's from England, and it's like, damn, you don't sound either of those things, do you? I don't oh, know where you're supposed God. to be from. Anyway, not bad, but it's something. Okay. All right. Love that. I'm going to give two recommendations for mine. First, I'm going to do a TV show, which I'm going to just keep telling you guys to watch this, Taylor. The Last of Us. I, I know everybody's been talking about it. Not breaking news. It is a damn good show, though. The most recent episode of it, Nick Offerman and Murray Bennett, I believe, is the other actor in it, gave just award-winning level performances in it. Pedro Pascal is great. Nobody does a reluctant dad role quite like him. I think we've talked about that before, but it's really, really good. And I have not played the game for what it's worth. I know a lot of people were really, really into the game. I had a lot of friends who played it who really loved it, but it is not a shot for shot adaptation of the game, which I know some weird people were upset about, but 
it's better that way. I think if you want to have the story of the game, go play the video game. This is something that's its own adaptation. It's a little bit different and it's a damn good story so far. And we're recording this a few hours before the newest episode comes out episode four. So really, really looking forward to that, but highly recommend checking out the last of us on HBO. And then I'm also going to recommend an album as well. A good friend of mine, Jarrell, he goes by pro social, really, really great guy, extremely talented. He put out a new album this past weekend and or this past week i should say and it is incredible it is called things i buried again he goes by pro social pr zero social things i buried is the name of the album and get this taylor you ready for this one he put this album out last week and he posted it has already reached over 200,000 streams on spotify holy shit yeah good for you bud one week You've met Jarrell before, right? 100%. Yeah. We saw yeah. him at Town Ballroom. Uh, yes. A couple months ago. Exactly. Yes. No, it has been out for one week and he already hit 200,000 streams. So, Good highly, highly recommend. Awesome Buffalo artist. If you're into RB and rap, I honestly, and, and just in general, like I'm, of course, going to sound biased because it's my friend, but not even joking, one of the best talents that Buffalo has to offer right now in music. He 100%. We saw him, oh. like I said, at Town Ballroom. I had never actually heard him before. Uh, I don't think I actually met him before that time either. And really impressed with him. Yeah. So, highly you know, recommend. So, let's say like people average listening to um, four songs. Let's say that's the average of the stream. Yeah. So, that means 50,000 people. You all have to come to Town Ballroom next time he's there. Or else Perfect. you're a fake-ass fan. Uh. There we go. That's the kind of support we need. I'm going to have to send him that clip of the of the episode. <laughs> Let's get 50,000 people in town ballroom. And that'll Let's be great. It. That'll be great. I think we can do it if we all believe we can. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres. We'll be back with a brand new episode on Thursday, so make sure you're tuning in then. This epo- episode has been brought to you by both the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites, whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode. Check out all of our fellow shows and make sure you're giving them a follow along with us, Straight Up Sabres, whatever streaming platform you're using. Subscribe, follow, leave us a rating. We very much appreciate it. You could also check out both presenters of this podcast as well as us on social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you could find Hockey Podcast Network, The Charging Buffalo, and of course, Straight Up Sabres as well. Last but not least, check out our sponsors, the Hockey, po- or excuse me, DraftKings. First and foremost, use that promo code THPN to take advantage of great deals. Check out our boy Ray J and his Raycon headphones and speakers. Again, take advantage there. And last but not least, Thin Man Brewery. We're going to be announcing details of our upcoming events there in the next few weeks. So make sure you're sticking around for that, but also make sure you are stopping over to Thin Man. Chandler Street location. My band is actually playing at Chandler Street this Saturday night. So if you're looking for something to do, come check it out. It'll be a lot of fun. But Thin Man is the spot to be. And we're really excited for the the big renovation. It's going to be a great time. So uh, again, everybody, thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been Straight Up Savers. (laughs) 